when I was uh, young, I used to weigh 300 pounds. Uh, and I weigh about 200 pounds, and I'm 8% body fat right now. And along the way, I was maybe 22, I would say. Uh, I decided, you know, I know how to lose weight because I saw it in a magazine. It's really clear. It's calories in, calories out, Newton's law. So like a good, uh, like a good citizen, I went to the gym. And I went to the gym 90 minutes a day, six days a week. And I did this for 18 months straight without fail. Even if I was sick, even if I had, you know, final exams or job interview or my career, whatever, it was my top priority ahead of dating, ahead of sleep, ahead of anything. I went on that low fat, low calorie diet. And at the end of 18 months, you know, of course I was transformed into like Chris Helmsworth, right? No. Welcome to Naturally Well, a podcast to help you live a healthier and happier life with a Nordic twist. I'm your host, Kate Turner, registered dietitian, personal trainer, Nordic Naturals nutrition specialist, and owner of Live Well with Kate. Today, we're talking to Dave Asprey. Dave is an award-winning entrepreneur and tech innovator known around the world as the father of biohacking. He's a multi-New York Times best-selling science author of Game Changers, Headstrong, and The Bulletproof Diet the creator of Bulletproof Coffee, and the host of the Human Upgrade podcast, formerly Bulletproof Radio. Dave is the founder and CEO of Upgrade Labs, the first franchise of biohacking gyms, and recently launched Danger Coffee. Dave is releasing his highly anticipated new book, Smarter Not Harder, February 28, 2023. In this episode, Dave and I discuss how you can spend less time in the gym while getting better results at a faster rate and how to hack your nutrition in a very simple way to feel more energized. We also discuss how spirituality and happiness plays a role and what specific steps you can take to be at peace. Dave believes and wants to teach us all that the key to achieving peak wellness isn't about doing more, it's about doing less, exercising and eating smarter, not harder, and making the body's built-in laziness work for you. Dave Asprey, welcome to the show. This is very exciting for me. I mean, I think I've heard you on, I can't even say, countless and countless podcasts. Um, and they're always so engaging and you have so much information to give and always so many different hacks. Like I just always pick up so many great things. So I can't wait to pick your brain myself. Um, but thanks so much for coming on the show. Kate, I am super happy to be here. It'll be fun. So I really want to start off with you telling our listeners a little bit more about your journey from computer hacking in Silicon Valley to then your desire and passion to start hacking the body really to better, you know, your own health. And then for now, right, for teaching people how to better their health as well. well uh, when I was uh, young, I used to weigh 300 pounds uh, and I weigh about 200 pounds and I'm 8% body fat right now. And along the way, I was maybe 22, I would say. Uh, I decided, you know, I know how to lose weight because I saw it in a magazine. It's really clear. It's calories in, calories out, Newton's law. So like a good, uh, like a good citizen, I went to the gym. And I went to the gym 90 minutes a day, six days a week. And I did this for 18 months straight without fail. Even if I was sick, even if I had, you know, final exams or job interview or my career, whatever, it was my top priority ahead of dating, ahead of sleep, ahead of anything. I went on that low fat, low calorie diet. And at the end of 18 months, you know, of course I was transformed into like Chris Helmsworth, right? 
no, I still had a 46 inch waist and I still weighed 300 pounds. And I, I remember sitting at Carl's Jr. and I'm, I'm with my friends and I'm eating the chicken salad with no chicken because it has too many calories and, and no dressing. And I'm looking at all my friends. I'm like, I exercise more than all my friends combined. I weigh more than all my friends combined. And they're eating double Western bacon, cheeseburgers and fries. And I'm eating like nothing. Clearly, it's a moral failing because I'm eating too much lettuce. I mean, like, like this is what the calories in, calories out monstrous believers will have you do. There's still a few of them left online. Most of them weren't loved by their mothers, which is why they're trolls. And they get very, very angry when you mention the fact that when you cut calories, you couldn't lose weight. And they say that you're a liar. Same thing my doctor told me right before I fired him. Because I actually had cut calories. And you, you see that look like, oh, no, you're still you're seeing Snickers bars and you're lying. Yeah, you're not really, you're not really doing it then. Like, you're not telling the truth. Yeah. And like, oh, maybe you should try to lose weight. I'm like, you too, fat ass, because the doctor told me that <laughs> was also 50 pounds overweight, right? And I was allowed to say fat ass because I was a fatter ass. So I think that was like one of those times when you're allowed to say that. Um, besides this was 20 something years ago. So you were just allowed to say things as they were instead of to not trigger someone for stating something that's obvious, which is something like 88% of people in the U S are metabolically unfit. And the vast majority of them are fat, just like I was. And if you don't believe me, I'll show you my stretch marks. So we don't have to do that. <laughs> but the worst thing is my energy. I like, I was so tired when I did this and I see this all the time, especially in women. Now, but what I did is I said, okay, at the time I'm already married. Um, by the time I was in my mid twenties, my career's taken off. I made six million dollars when I was 26 years old. I was a co-founder of a part of the company that held Google's first servers when it was like two guys and two computers, and the Facebook when it was you know Zuck and a few friends and all that kind of stuff. The right place, right time, worked hard. But I lost it when I was 28. But during that time, I'm like, hey, my brain is fried. I can't remember anything. I bought disability insurance. No one could tell me what was wrong with me. And all the labs said I was just fine. So maybe I was just not trying hard enough or something. So I went to another doctor, not the one who said I was, uh, I was you know, eating Snickers bars, and said, you know, I think vitamin C helps me feel better. A basic supplement, right? And I said, I think I might have like yeast or mold or something. And he goes, no, if you had yeast, you'd be in the hospital. I'm like, all right. So, and by the way, stop taking vitamin C. It could kill you. And I said, what do you mean it could kill me? What about Linus Pauling? Now, for listeners, you probably wouldn't know who Linus Pauling is. But if you're a medical professional, you damn well better. He's the guy who invented what is now called functional medicine, was called orthomolecular medicine back then, who took 90 grams of vitamin C a day. I'm a 26-year-old non-medical professional who knows this. And my doctor thinks one gram of vitamin C is going to kill me. So I fired him and I st still to this day, it's probably on my credit report that I didn't pay $179 to the Palo Alto Medical Foundation. But that's what got me started because I am a computer hacker. I am designing infrastructure. Like when, when um, what's their name? Uh, Salesforce was nine guys. I was involved in their infrastructure. Like all this fundamental stuff. I can, in fact, I was teaching how to build distributed systems. Like if I can hack that, how come I can't hack this? So I decided that no one could do it but me, which was wrong. And I spent four years reading everything there was to do about metabolism. And I went back to my doctor, to a doctor. Fortunately, I found a good one, a functional medicine doctor. Uh, and I said, look, I'm tired of you white lab coat people. I really did this. I used to be a jerk. I, I go, um, I'm tired of you guys in white lab coats. 
all you are is a walking permission slip so I can get the labs I want because I have one of these seven conditions in stack ranked order. And if I have this one, I want this planet. If I have this one, I want this planet. I would back end. And she's like, okay, can I help you organize your list? And we went down and yes, I had toxic mold and she thought I had Lyme disease, which is almost always a symptom of toxic mold anyway. It turns out we now know that. And we went down the, I had a mercury toxicity, chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia, multiple chemical sensitivity. I went to see Daniel Amen, and I'll never forget the quote. Um, that was a time where I'd lost some of the weight, but they said, that look, oh, you're a tech bro trying to get Adderall to get through Wharton Business School. Yeah, we know your type. And when I walked back in with my brain scan from Radioactive Sugar, the spec scan that Daniel Amen made famous, um, the psychiatrist looks at me and goes, Dave, I don't know how you're standing here in front of me. Uh, he said, inside your brain is total chaos. You have the best camouflage I've ever seen. And then he ended up writing me a script from Adafina, which is a smart drug that really helps because it increases blood flow in the brain, which I had. And I heard that you have a hardware problem. And I'm like, oh, I don't have a moral failing. I have something I can fix. Because if I'm just a weak person because I didn't try hard enough, Right. Maybe that was the problem. I, I, I was stuck in that. And it was the calories in, calories out bullies who had, were a big part of that. And a lot of them are backed by the big food the people who are like, oh, you can't eat just one. We love that. So I just realized I was going to have to hack it. And eventually I started learning from people three times my age. I ended up running one of the first anti-aging nonprofit groups in Silicon Valley. And when I found 88 year olds with three times my energy, I'm like, what did you do? And that's how I became an expert in anti-aging and in human performance. And one thing led to another. And I started a little blog called The Bulletproof Executive. The first blog ever that said, hack your health, upgrade yourself. Those are like original words from the biohacking movement. And I started the movement. I named the movement. And it's a new word in the English dictionary in 2018. They added it to our lexicon. So it's now a global movement for a lot of people. Bulletproof is a $100 million plus company. And I have eight other companies in my portfolio including Upgrade Labs, which is now the physical manifestation of what are the things you could do to get the results that you need. 92% of people don't go to the gym because it's not worth it. It's not because we're bad people. It's because it doesn't work very well. I'll tell you what does work really well. And that is my new book, Smarter Not Harder. It'll be my fifth New York Times bestseller. I got it right here, Dave. Oh, you got it. Thank um no, I mean, it's such a great story. And obviously, like, nobody else can say they have even close to a similar story. But I think the best part about it is, like, you going from feeling how you were of just, like, even just the low energy. Like, I always tell people, it's like, a lot of times, like, we're so concerned with how we look physically. But it's like, in the end, we always just want to feel good. And now, I mean, tell Dave, tell us how you feel now. Like, how do you feel day to day? I I have more energy than I've ever had in my life. Yeah, um, it's amazing. I just measured my, my brain response time. So, so one of the companies that I started is a neuroscience company called 40 Years of Zen. And people go there, do like a five-day intense brain upgrade. It's, you know, CEOs and executives and athletes and people. And one of the things that you can measure in your brain is the response time. So when I snap my fingers right now, Kate, you hear it right away, right? There's a little lag from the speed of sound. It turns out if we have electrodes measuring your brain, a third of a second after I make the sound is the first time your brain gets an electrical wiggle, wiggle that it heard a sound. That means there's a third of a second for the average person, maybe a quarter second if you have a very young brain, 
it's a delay between reality and when you see it, but you can't see the delay. So you, we're all walking around with an invisible lag time and something is hiding the lag time from us. And that's where a lot of the biohacking, a lot of smarter, not harder. How do I reprogram what I'm calling the meat operating system? Something's running your body before your brain gets a signal that it happened, yet you're doing stuff. And people like, seriously, well, yeah, you ever lean on a hot stove and then magically you pull your hand away and go, good thing I pulled my hand away, except you didn't decide to pull your hand. It moved all by itself and you took credit for it. Well, it turns out there's a lot of stuff your body does that you take credit for that's not you. And that's the system we're working with. The, the hacks in Smarter Not Harder, how do I get a signal into my body so it'll do what I want? Because it doesn't listen very well to me. It can listen to me, but that's a very delicate, you know, meditation state kind of stuff. For the most part, it's listening to the world around you to make sure nothing's trying to kill you and it won't starve to death. So how do we harness those innate urges and how do yeah. we get around that? No, I love that. And I'm excited. Like, I want to dive into kind of each section of your book with different hacks, you know, nutrition, exercise, neurological, spiritual. But I want to start off with two things, if you can explain. One is what is the laziness principle that you introduce? Yeah. And the second part is why, and I think we've heard this a lot, but I'm, I want to hear your response. Why is willpower not the problem? <laughs> well. Have you ever maybe gone shopping and you found a really nice handbag and it was, say, maybe $300 off and you came home and you're like, look, I saved $300 on a handbag? I definitely liked, I will say, like, I definitely love a good bargain. I wouldn't say $300 is my bargain, bucks, probably less, but shoes, exactly. Whatever, yeah. whatever you're at doing, yeah. shoes. Uh -huh. Like, there's always something where, like, it was a luxury item and I saved hundreds of dollars, so I bought it. But you never come home and go, I... I spend hundreds of dollars on it. You talk about how much you saved. Why do you talk about the savings, even though it wasn't as big? Do you have a good reason for yeah. that? Well, that I, to me, it's like that's what we were trying to convince. We're trying to justify and convince ourselves as to why we made that purchase and make ourselves mm. feel good about it. It turns out you talked about that and it felt so good because your body is lazy. It values savings more than spending. It is lazy. That means you are not lazy. You can have willpower to overcome laziness, but laziness is an innate biological principle and it's there to keep you alive. Bottom line is we could run out of food. This is if your body is thinking about it. It doesn't have any idea what's around you because you could run out of food at any time. So don't waste a drop of energy and eat everything. And if you just do those, you'll be safe. Okay? You don't have a chance to think about that because that happens in that third of a second before your rational brain can even know what's going on. And this is why all of us, including me, have just eaten the whole Ben and Jerry's. I'm like, why did I do that? Well, because your automated system was doing it and you didn't have the willpower or the presence of mind to apply willpower to say no. Or maybe you just didn't have the energy because when you're out of energy, willpower is based on energy. But it also turns out that idea that your body wants savings and it values them so much that's what has driven all of human innovation. So there was a guy going, you know, I'm so tired of pushing on this plow with this horse. I think I'll build a tractor. And everything we've ever built is because we wanted to save time and energy because saving time and energy is so incredibly sexy to our operating systems. It is the most important thing in the world, other than reproducing the species, eating everything and not getting eaten by tigers. But this is what drives us. And it's okay. So... A lot of people have guilt when I talk about laziness. How dare you stand lazy? 
you know, my mother taught me that if I was lazy, no one would love me, or my teacher taught me that, or my church, or, you know, my whatever organization, all this is built into society because we're so afraid of the fact that we want to save time and energy. What I'm teaching you in Smarter Not Harder is how do you harness that? So what if you could tell yourself, hey, I'm going to save 50 minutes of time in the gym today. And that was your motivation. Not I'm going to spend 10 minutes. Your operating system be like, yeah, let's go save almost an hour of time. I'm in. And if you frame your world that way, you can actually make it so you want to do it. Right now, most people, they feel guilty because they don't want to exercise. Like newsflash, wants come from your meat, from your body. It doesn't want to exercise. You want to exercise, but your body doesn't. So how do we, well, okay, give your body what it wants. It wants savings. Give it a coupon. And you use the laziness principle to do that. And you use the techniques and Smarter Not Harder to set a goal in these five big domains where most people want to change. And then magically, that gives you the, um, the ability to say, this is how much I'm going to save. And you just focus on that. And suddenly, you're not one of the 92% of people who don't exercise. You're one of the rare people who looks like you exercise, but you had more important things to do. So you barely exercise. You just got all the results. And you took the extra time and you laid on the couch or you did something great. It doesn't matter. It's, it's yeah. just extra time. It's yours. Which, I mean, I feel like I'm always thinking about time. And, I, and you know, Dave, as a parent, it's like you can get, you, you need more time in the day every single day. There's like just not enough time. But I really love that you really are you're not making people feel bad about which, right? Like everyone thinks we have a negative connotation with being lazy. You're letting people know it's okay that you feel that way. And then let's it's not even harness them that, that way. laziness. It, you can blame your body. Like it, it's to yeah, keep no, it's yeah, it's not it, it, like you don't feel lazy. Your hardware does. And you just yeah. have to manage that. But to try and feel guilty about that's like feeling guilty about having to poop. You're like, look, your body's going to do it. You cannot just decide to stop doing that. So why, why have any guilt about it? You just don't need it. So we reframe that, we use it as a, as a carrot, and then we just have to know what works. And the reason I can write this book, the reason I know what works so well is why not, in addition to starting biohacking, about eight years ago, underneath Arnold Schwarzenegger's office in Santa Monica, I opened Upgrade Labs, which is, I have millions of dollars worth of gear that changes how your biology works. And this, these are things for creating a human upgrade. And I opened a facility, the first biohacking facility of its kind. And I've been working on it for eight years with all kinds of people coming through to start understanding well, what really works. And also so that people could have access to all this equipment that I had in my basement so I could myself and recover from all the stuff I had and then go further. So it was about making access happen. Now, though... We franchised it. So anyone listening can open an Upgrade Labs. You go to ownandupgradelabs.com and then you can open a franchise. So there's more than a dozen opening across the country right now. What I learned there is there's five things people want. Like, it's like Kate, you want to be healthy, right? Yeah. What does course. that mean? Can you tell me what healthy is? Well, I know that's so you're what, a professional. So it's funny. I oh. always, it's <laughs> hilarious. That's what I always say to people like, what is healthy? Because I also think healthy like means, it means something different to every single person. Like it's really, it does, I mean, it does, right? Like if you ask someone in their 80s or 90s what healthy means to them versus someone in their 20s or just, you know, even male, female or just whatever your current situation is and your your idea of healthy can change. I know for me, it probably changes like every couple of years. 
you know, like it definitely changed when I had my son, you know, it changes even like right now I'm pregnant and it's definitely healthy means something different to me right now than when I'm not. Um, But I'd love Dave, let's, you know what, let's just dive into exercise and what you're, yeah. Let's talk about the the goals because even exercise, there's so many different kinds. Oh, yeah. The five goals that, that came out of all this research that ended up being the bone of the book, some people want muscle and some people want cardiovascular endurance. Newsflash, those don't go together. If you want to look like a bodybuilder or a marathoner, you, you can't look like both at the same time. The marathoners yeah. look older than bodybuilders, by the way. <laughs> but like you do want enough cardiovascular, but for some people getting that is much more important than the muscle. And for some people, like, okay, those are nice to have, but I just wanted my energy back and I wanted to lose all this extra weight. And it, it turns out those are the same, the same techniques, but making your energy go into your brain and your body instead of into love handles, it, it gives you your energy back. So you, you basically wanted energy and weight loss. You wanted strength. You wanted cardio or you wanted your brain to work again. And there's a whole bunch of technologies that do that, including the ones we were doing at Upgrade Labs. Uh, but in the book, everything I talk about, here's what you can do using a new idea at home for free, at home for a small amount of money, or go do what the crazy billionaires do. And my goal is to put as much of that into a facility so you can just go do it like you would at a, a gym instead of having to have a crazy billionaire you know, secret bunker the way I do. Uh, and by the way, I'm not a crazy billionaire. I'm just crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. Um, and then the final one, which is for the first time ever, more people ask for this than for weight loss in surveys. It's the ability to manage stress. It's recovery. And no one's ever asked for recovery more than abs until the last couple of years of, you know, government policy changes and destruction of the middle class and small businesses and stuff like that. So what, uh, what's going on? There's a lot of stress and saying, you know, I would be willing to be fat as long as I didn't feel so anxious right now. And it turns out you can train the body to handle stress better. That's one of the types of training. But when people go to the gym, like, I'm just going to be like healthier and it'll be better. And maybe there's some energy, but maybe I'll look a certain way. No, you got to kind of pick. And I teach you in the book, how do you pick your number one and number two? Because once you know those, you're going to choose targeted hacks that, that produce really big results in small amounts of time. And then once you get your energy back or once you get those done, you're like, oh, well, now I have all this extra ability. What's next? And this just works better than kind of saying, well, I'm going to go do what I did. I'll do half weights and half cardio six days a week for 18 months. And you just end up spending 702 hours and still being fat and tired. But now you're strong and fat and tired. It, it was such a waste of my life. I want those 702 hours back. So that's why I wrote the book. It can be easy to overlook your heart health, but we have to remember it's what keeps us ticking each day and it needs our support. One of the best and easiest ways to support your heart is by supplementing with CoQ10, which supplies energy to our cells with high energy requirements like the ones found in our heart, muscles, nerves, and liver. As we age, our body's production of CoQ10 declines, but the demand for it does not. And as an added bonus, CoQ10 is arguably the most powerful antioxidant, which can help your body fight off the daily oxidative stressors that come your way. Whether CoQ10 in a delicious strawberry gummy, mini soft gel, or paired with heart-healthy omega-3s appeals to you, Nordic Naturals has you covered to support your heart. Head to Nordic.com and use the code NATURALLYWELL20 for 20% off all Nordic Naturals CoQ10 products. I wonder, Dave, can you pay out some of your, and let's do that like 
if for your average person, if you're at home and you want to do it for free, what are some of your favorite hacks when it comes to exercise that pair well, with some of those goals? Cardio. Let's talk about strength first. Let's do strength. Yeah, let's do strength. Okay. And then maybe one for cardio. Okay. Strength is better just in general because it helps your metabolism more than cardio, even though people believe the opposite. That's not what the, the science and the data shows. So if you wanted to be really time efficient, you know, you, you do some squats. <laughs> You'd be better at blood sugar regulation. Like squats and sleep equals no type 2 diabetes. But let's talk about what's really going on there. When you, when you send a signal into the body, because we so don't like it that we're lazy, what we do is we say, well, we know that if we just work hard and do a lot of work and like struggle and suffer, we know we'll, we'll change because struggling is good. Well, the body actually hates struggling. If you want to cause the body to change from a strength perspective, what you want to do is, or even from a cardio, this, this principle I'm talking about works for both, but I'll tell you the technique specifically. It's called slope of the curve biology. What it means is if I can make a stressor come on really quickly, and then turn off really quickly, the body will change. But if instead I turn the stressor on and I just leave it on for a while because more work is better, the body won't change very fast. So with, with strength, the body is very used to working against gravity. So all of strength training is pick up rocks throughout all of history. And we concentrate the rocks into little iron plates. That's our big innovation, right? <laughs> so we have more rocks in less space. Ugh. But because the body is so used to, in, in its operating system, to automatically dealing with gravity, you don't know this, but when you pick up a 20-pound dumbbell, your body's in its wrist, in its elbow, it's called proprioceptors, these little distributed sensors, they're figuring out if it wobbles a little bit, it's going to weigh more. Because gravity makes things appear to weigh more. If you throw something up, catching it takes more work, right? So it holds back on what you can do because it, it knows it might get injured because of wobbling. So you're going to pick it up and you're grunting and you're struggling, but you can't pick up as much weight as, as possible. So what we found is you can change what the body's fighting against. At Upgrade Labs, we have it fight against an artificial intelligence machine, which gives you three to five times better muscle growth than you would get from weightlifting. Because now you're fighting against a computer that doesn't care about gravity. It, it moves the way a computer moves, not the way your body is expecting. So you, you trick it. But that workout is very fast. At home, though, I'm assuming you don't have an AI-driven machine, um, unless you're kind of crazy. So what do you do? Well, the cheapest hack that's in the book, and I just tell them in order of like what works most, is if you only have something that weighs a little bit, just changing to having a very, very slow eccentric, like the, the part of the movement where mm -hmm. you're lowering the weight, doing that very, very slowly, you will put muscle on more quickly than flopping a ping dumbbell around. And a lot of women, especially, think just reps do something. No, it's very, so you go really super, super slow sets. It's not that much fun, but it works in way less time. The next step up from there is resistance bands, which we've all heard about, but no one tells you why they're better. The reason resistance bands are better is the body is expecting gravity and it says it gets this weird stretchy thing and it doesn't know what to do. It won't, it won't prevent you from lifting the way it will with gravity. It won't, its self-protection mechanisms won't kick in, but you still won't get hurt. And all of a sudden, you can put more, more weight on your muscle than, uh, than you normally would. And the muscle has to adapt in a different way. And so those are the two things you can do that are at home, that are very, very simple. And from there, it, it gets more and more technical, but you start saying, saving more and more time. But the idea is that 
just resistance band training can give you three times more muscle per minute of workout than picking up something. There's still value in picking up heavy stuff. But for you and me who might have kids and careers and other stuff, you only need five minutes and you have plenty of muscle. And I am an example of that. I do my workouts, you know, five, 10 minutes a week. And now I'll be like the douchey internet guy who like takes his shirt off on camera, but I'm not gonna take my phone. But like, I don't see if my camera will be just, come on camera, there. That's my caffeine molecule tattoo. This is about a muscle. I'm 27% old, but I'm lived 180. So that means I'm 50. And like I said, I'm 8% body fat and I work out 15 minutes a week at Upgrade Labs. So I'm just an example of this. And I have a history of obesity and autoimmunity and stretch marks. Like I should not be able to do this. It's, it's completely ridiculous. So yes, I have that muscle mass and I track all that stuff digitally. But for cardio, it's even worse. So with cardio, well, we know if I just run for a while, I'm going to lose weight because, you know, calories. By the way, those same people, you could eat a Snickers bar and a Diet Coke. They cancel each other out. Like, like it's completely ludicrous thinking in these, these calories people. And they're the ones who get the most angry. They, they've never been obese. And they say, well, all you have to do is just eat very, very little. And you just, just, you're just not exercising. You can work it off. And it's this sort of weird, like, cruel mentality uh, that, that is, it's, it's really anti-human. So I don't want you to think about that in the context of cardio at all. What you're trying to do is increase something called VO2 max, which is your body's maximum ability to use oxygen. That means you're in, you're in shape. You can run upstairs and you won't get out of breath. So how do you do that? Imagine that you are your body and you're, you have no human in there. So you're like a zebra or something. You don't really have much thinking about the world. You don't worry about time or you know, your boss. Now a tiger comes out and chases you and you're like, uh, run, run. Okay. As soon as you get away from the tiger, there's no more tiger. Have you ever seen a, one of those YouTube videos? What the zebra will do is pause, shake its whole body, and then it'll start eating grass. And it's shaking its body to shed adrenaline, and then it's okay. And then it stays strong. What humans do, though, is in the gym, we warm up on the treadmill, and then we do a quick sprint. Okay, after that, the body's like, okay, there's a tiger. This guy is running really fast right now. But instead of telling the body, the tiger is gone, let's go eat some grass. Like, let's go recover. What we do is say, well, let's do another hill. I'm, I'm going to work hard because working hard is more important than anything else, right? Because that's what good people do. So you keep going. Hills, hills, warm up 70%, 50%. You do whatever, everything. And 45 minutes later, you're covered in sweat. You got high from endorphins. The, the spinning instructor is, you know, panting and sweating all over their spandex and playing like some kind of pop music and you hate your life but you know you're a good person. Or, and by the way, your body is going, clearly the tiger's been chasing me for 45 minutes. I'm going to die. And then it goes, oh, and you haven't eaten anything except for a Snickers bar and a Diet Coke. Therefore, there's a famine. Why would I ever take one ounce of electrical energy and, and give myself more capacity? Why would I ever invest in myself? You just told me I'm being hunted. So what you do is a massive, oh my God, as fast as you can. And at Upgrade Labs, we do this with an AI-powered bicycle that is the gold standard. But what you can do is you can go to the park. Okay, You can't really do this on a normal exercise bike um, or even a treadmill because you can't make it go fast enough. Um, fast enough. Like you have to go from like zero to 100 quickly. So what you do is you go to the park and instead of running, you walk, but you walk like you just ate like four THC gummies. So you walk really slow, like 
like people are around you like, what are you doing? You know, are you like listening to something? Kind of just meandering lower than is comfortable, that slow, like as chill as you can be. And then without any warning at all, you just rip into it and you sprint for like 20 seconds. Um, at the, we actually do 10 second sprints on the bike because we have more control, but about 20 seconds. And I don't mean like any kind of sprint other than I'm going to die sprint full on. And now this is the part, the thing that makes your body change, how quickly can you go from that to being calm? And the right thing to do is you throw yourself on the grass on your back. Now they're sure you're eating edibles, by the way, you throw yourself on the grass on your back, deep breath, calm, everything is fine. It turns out that the body's like, oh, I thought I was going to die, but I didn't die. I might have to do that again. And I have plenty of relaxation and I've had some protein before after the workout. I have enough building blocks. I have a signal and I have energy. You change so rapidly from doing that that here's how big of a difference this is. If you compare doing a 45-minute cardio class five days a week. Okay. That's what good people do. Wake up every morning, Monday through Friday, do your cardio, um, throw up a little bit before you go to work. I mean, that's what happens when you work out in the morning. If too much, am am I wrong? I mean, you're an exercise person. Yeah, no, I used to teach Dave. I used to teach a a 5am hit class and it was like, I loved going for the people, but oh, I dreaded it every week. (laughs) Right. So, and, and you actually feel good when you're done. And there is a community too. And I'm not knocking that. If you, if you do that for your community, keep doing it. That's fine. But just don't tell yourself it's going to improve you very much because here's what happens. Five days a week, if you do this for six to eight weeks, so this is like a full-time every morning thing, you're going to improve your VO2 max by 2%. Minor improvement, but still meaningful. If you do the five-minute workout, I'm talking about three times a week, that's 15 minutes in total with no sweating at Upgrade Labs, and it might take slightly more time if you're doing it at the park, you get a 12% improvement in VO2 max. It's six times better results in a tiny fraction of the time. You're talking about 15 minutes a week versus almost four hours. And how, okay. Dave, how many times would you have someone, like if they were at the park doing that, how many times would you have them do those twice. intervals? Twice. Just twice. Okay. And twice a week, would you say? Or it's um, like if you're doing it at the park, you probably want to do three times a week. We okay. have people who get results from two times a week with the AI systems at Upgrade Labs, but um, I don't think we know the exact minimum, but it looks like yeah. three times a week would be the, the good thing to do it. You'd want to do two intervals. And the the real trick is it has to be number one, you have to run like you're gonna die. And number two, deep breaths, relax. You really have to chill between the two, but you want about I'd say at most uh, five minutes between the two. So as chill as you can get. Right. It's different than high intensity interval training. We've all heard about that. I've been talking about that yeah. for 15 it's years. A, it's like more yeah. dramatic of a like heart rate variability, but that's where that's where you really see the results. Because I will say like I'm a big proponent of, I don't, I can't remember honestly the last time I recommended to a client to do cardio except for like going for like a mental health walk you know like just getting out and walking is cardio cardio. but no that's what I mean but honestly if I do recommend anything cardio wise it is more along right like we would call it interval training but it's really to say to them I'm like I don't even want you spending more than like five or ten minutes but I never have thought about it this way with really like dramatically changing that heart rate variability even more Yeah, because I mean, normally I would recommend like, I just say like walk at a normal pace, 
mm-hmm. and then sprint as fast as you can and then go back to your normal pace. But this is really interesting to learn, like even going like lower than that normal pace. And I, I want to give a little gummy pace, you know? Yeah. I want to give a little bit of credit here too. The first guy to suggest this to me was John Gray, the guy who wrote Women Are from Venus, Men Are from Mars, or vice versa. I forget who's yep. from what planet, but whatever. Yeah. Um, and he's actually a, an amazing biohacker. I've interviewed him a few times on my show. He's, he's a friend. And he mentioned this a long time ago. And I, I mentioned it briefly in one of my earlier books, but it turns out it's illustrative of something that works for everything for weights for cardio, even for the neurological stuff we're doing at Upgrade Labs. In the chapter on cognitive function, it turns out, yes, you could do um, Sudoku or a crossword puzzle. Like There's studies that show those work, but there's things that work really well for improving your cognitive function. And I go through a list of technologies that you probably have never heard of, many of which are $100, like not terribly expensive at all, that actually work to improve how your brain functions. And so... If your goal was cognitive function, you're saying, well, I went to to the spin class because I heard it would give me more mental clarity. If it improves blood to your brain, it kind of will. But maybe if your goal was mental clarity, you should just use a hack that gives you mental clarity with the most effectiveness. I'm just saying, I mean, that might be the lazy approach. But a lot of exercise right now is self-flagellation, which is what the monks used to do because they were bad people. They would like whip themselves to show how holy they were. That's kind of what a lot of modern exercise is. It's you're showing yourself you're going to work hard, even though it doesn't give you results, but you're good enough to work hard. Like we can stop. The time and energy we're spending on that, we could more easily spend on being better parents, on helping the little lady across the street, starting a company, asking that person out, whatever your thing is, like all this power is being wasted. And it's, it's kind of like, you know, we recycle our plastic. Why would you waste all of this power that every day with practices that don't work? Yeah, no, and and that's what, and it's like it's so funny because everyone has their own. Like I will say, Dave, for me right now, the gym is which I'm doing a month, so like I'm not doing too much you know, at the gym. I know, right? But like for me right now, it's even just going to the gym is there's a kids club, so I get to put yep. my child in basically, <laughs> which he it's, loves. It, but it's like a in a daycare, get, and like, it's literally just space. alone time. Yeah. I get to go and, and there's a sauna, so it's funny too. It's like. I agree with you. If you're going to the gym and like one, you're finding you're dreading going, it's not making you happy while you're there too. Like, or, or you're, it's like that perceived happiness where it's not really making you happy, but you're telling yourself it's making you happy. Cause like you said, you're being a good person. That's still increasing the stress in your body. Um, but if you find you actually go to the gym and you're not even working that hard, but it's just like some type of escape or like alone time. Yeah. Keep going. <laughs> Thanks for suggesting that. And it's funny, this whole line of of thinking, it, it's offensive to some people who have built their identity around going to the gym. Oh, totally. And, and if it triggers you, A, um, what's in your gun, you should unload that because being able to be triggered means you're a weak person and you need a, you need a therapist, to be perfectly honest. If, if me saying that working out less triggers you, like seriously, get a therapist, put your money there instead of the gym, you'll be happier. Do you think I trigger them some more with that? <laughs> Possibly. Hey, they, they gotta take hey, the but you know what? I gun. love. Hey, I love therapy though. So I actually think I like ever. I think everyone should be. In th- I yeah. think it's like the best. It's the best money I've probably ever spent. I, and I also agreed. tell people, I'm like, where else do you get to pay someone to just talk about yourself and figure <laughs> out your issues? And 
you don't. It's so talk good, about right? Any, and they force you to. Like they, if you try to talk about someone else, they're like, uh, uh, uh. Let's get back to you, and you're like, okay, all right, let's. Just, you know, and it's not easy, but yes. I mean, where else do you do that? Again, it's like more alone time in a way. It's probably more important than going to the gym, especially if oh, a hundred percent conversation triggers you. 100%. Like, get a therapist and then go to the gym. But they're, they're both good, and yeah. And if you go to the gym for reasons because you just love it, you can still use the techniques here to make it so much more effective. I don't want people to stop going to the gym. I want the 92% of people who are not triggered by this because mm, like, exactly. I don't actually go to the gym because I just didn't have time and I know I probably should. That's It's like, okay, this is enough to get them into the gym. But when they go, they're going to actually get their brain, their stress management. <laughs> they're they're going to get their energy back. And you don't necessarily get those when you go to a normal gym unless you know what the hacks are and you choose what matters most to you. Uh, so it, this is not a call to stop working out. It's a call to say, get your body so that you have the energy to do what you love. And if what you love literally is powerlifting, like I love that. Go to the gym and powerlift and have your community and your tribe. And if what you love is you know endurance cycling or some, some sort of other um, thing that might be aging your tissues more quickly than you want, um, by the way, I was an endurance cyclist. I also was a raw vegan. So like I've, I've done all this. Um, but what, what you're going to find is at least you have the power to do what you love, even if it isn't that good for you. Right? And that's fine. And yeah. if, it, if it is good for you, even better. But it, it doesn't matter. Like you, people do all sorts of crazy stuff that they love, even though it might be dangerous. Um, that's okay. Just be, be ready for that. And that's what I'm trying to get you to do in the smallest amount of time. So if you're one of those people who doesn't go to the gym, there's $400 million a year of ghost gym memberships in the U.S. alone. You pay because you know good people pay to have a gym membership and you might use it, which could give you an opportunity to be a good person. But these are hard numbers. People are not going because it doesn't work very well. It's not because we're stupid. It's because our bodies are smart. Enough to be like, you want me to like run away from tigers over and over and over? And like, no, like, like screw that noise, brother. Do you see how sexy that couch is? It's so soft and brown. Oh my God. What if you had pizza on that couch and Netflix? Of course it's going to win. It's your body. It sits between you and reality. And pizza has a siren's call. And it is a bigger siren's call when you're doing ineffective exercise. But I know from my own path and helping like millions of people at this point, when you get your energy back, the, the strength of pizza siren's call, it goes down dramatically. The couch isn't that attractive when you're at full power. But no. if you're running at half power, couch is like, oh my God, it's so attractive. And you, you have to deal with that. It's and not because like, you're a bad person. Dave, it's you're made out of meat. No, it's true. And, but there's nothing better than feeling energized. Like, I don't, I, there's Amen. nothing better when you really feel energized. I mean, that's actually one of the things I don't love about pregnancy. I am very fortunate to not have that many like complications or issues, but like you definitely are more tired and chasing a toddler around, especially. But that's like, that's something I miss is just like, you know, I feel pretty good energy, but it's not what it was. But when you feel really energized, it's like nothing can beat it. Um, okay. I know it's if we're like, I mean, I want to get into each one, but let's talk nutrition. Let's talk what Ooh, are some yay. of your favorite hacks okay. nutrition-wise that you present in the book? All right. I, I, I'm going to have to disclaim myself a little bit here. I have written a massively successful book on nutrition called The Bulletproof Diet. It, people have lost 2 million pounds on it, and it, it changed the way we talk about fat. And MCT oil and collagen are billion-dollar categories because of that book and because of my work there. So I've written a lot about nutrition, okay? 
Um, this is not that book. I'm not repeating myself in, in this book at all. What, I, what I'm looking to do with Smarter Not Harder is to just say, look, we're not, we all aren't going to do everything. I do almost everything, but I literally have spent millions of dollars and I do this for a living. So I try every gadget. I try every, like I do, it's maybe a bizarre fetish or something. I don't know. Um, but it's just what I do because I love it. And this book is not for someone like that. This book is, what do you, what's just going to give you the most return on investment? And there's really two supplements that matter enormously for you. And neither one of them is a sexy nootropic or these beautiful and interesting mitochondrial enhancer. By the way, I have, I have formulated those things. I love those. These are the things that you have to have in place for exercise to work, for sleep to work, for hormones to work, and for all the other good and interesting supplement categories to work. And these are the ones we're all missing the most of. So these are foundational. And you do this first before you start meditating because your meditation will work better and so will your cardio and so will everything else. Number one, we are missing minerals in a big way, bigger than ever before in recorded history. And minerals are not the most hot category in the vitamin industry. I mean, if you look at all the trade journals, it's you know herbs from Zakistan or somewhere that no one's ever heard of. And I was trying to find the new novel ingredient. No, if you do not have the right macro minerals, there's going to probably be at least three pills, maybe more of minerals you are going to perform poorly at making electricity in your body. And then you can exercise, but your body won't improve because it didn't have raw materials. And so a multi-mineral supplement is critically important. And then the next big category that we're woefully missing is called trace minerals. And this is something I put in Danger Coffee. You can go to dangercoffee.com and your coffee is, of course, mold-free, but it has a ton, like a very large dose of trace minerals from ancient plants. And these are, these are electrolytes and they're minerals that can enter your cells. The reason you're lacking trace minerals, the reason you're lacking macro minerals is that we have destroyed our soil. Since we've grown the same foods on soil for a long time, we sucked all the minerals out of the soil a long time ago. In the past, we would either flood the soil like, you know, Egypt, but that was a long time ago, or we would have animals poop on the soil and we had a regenerative agriculture model. I'm not just saying this, I have lived on and developed a regenerative agriculture farm for the past eight years in Canada with 25 sheep and 25 pigs and three cows and a bunch of chickens. And yes, you can make rich soil and food that comes out of it tastes different, but you're not getting the minerals you think you are in your food. Then they spray glyphosate on food, which sticks to minerals so you can't absorb it. At the same time, these crazy big food conglomerates have convinced us that peasant food is actually health food. Peasant foods steal your minerals. Plants have a protection mechanism so they don't get overeaten by animals like us. And what they do is they stick to your zinc, they stick to your calcium, they stick to your magnesium, they stick to your copper, they stick to your iodine. So people are like, oh, I'm going to eat spinach. Spinach is high in iron. No. Iron is in the spinach, but you can only absorb 1.7% of the iron that's in the spinach. The rest of the compounds in the spinach, called oxalates, they cause kidney stones and gout and vulvodynia. So here you're like, I'm being a good raw vegan like I was, or even a good cooked vegan, and I'm eating a ton of rainbow-colored everythings, something so diverse that none of my ancestors in all of history could have eaten that. And I have frozen quinoa nuggets from over here and acai bowls from over here. And I'm still hungry all the time and my skin doesn't look good. 
and I'm tired all the time. Newsflash, those plants aren't giving you the minerals. The fact they're in there doesn't matter, right? I mean, it's like if you took a multivitamin, but you surrounded it in glass and you swallowed it, you're not going to absorb it, even though there are minerals in there. But the mindset of big food is that if they're locked up, it doesn't matter. But even worse, there's something called phytic acid. It's an anti-nutrient that I introduced in the Bulletproof Diet, but it was one in five I talked about. Most people by now have heard of lectins as one of the problems in plants. They've also maybe heard of oxalic acid or oxalates that are present in spinach and kale and rhubarb and even sweet potatoes, right? So when you eat too many of those, they steal your minerals. But what people don't know is that farmers have started measuring the amount of phytic acid in feed because if they feed corn and soy to animals that can actually digest them a little bit, like cows, cows make the enzyme to break down phytic acid, humans don't. So when we eat a rice cake or cornflakes or any whole grain, you know, healthy whole grain, the whole part of the grain is where all the phytic acid is. It steals minerals. It strips them out of your cells and out of your bones. And the more fake food you eat, the more ultra processed food you eat, the more phytic acid you're getting. And you have no natural ability to break this down. When it enters your body, if you didn't eat minerals with it, it steals them from you. And if you did eat minerals with it, it stops you from absorbing them. So you've got no new minerals coming in from your food and you're eating food that sucks your minerals out and then you feel low energy all the time. You don't have the minerals it takes to make energy. That's why I'm telling you, for anything in your life to work better, take your macro minerals, take your trace minerals. You can get trace minerals all over the place. You can get them in your danger coffee. But if you want the minerals to go where you want them and to stay, you've got to have vitamin Dake. D-A-K-E is what that stands for. Vitamin D, vitamin A, vitamin K2, and vitamin E. Each of those drives minerals into different parts of the body. So it is totally not the crazy new popular, you know, cool kid on the block categories, but there's no point in doing the new kid on the block things. It's like if your car doesn't have enough gas, doesn't have enough oil and isn't running very well and you take it in to get a nice big paint job, that's not how you do it. You should probably get the engine working first. That's why you take your minerals and your vitamin take and that will change your life if you just did those two things. Are there specific things, Dave, if someone's listening and they feel like, okay, I want to take a, a multi-mineral supplement, is, are there things they should look for mm-hmm. um, specifically or like pay attention to just because like, right, yeah. there's so many. You want to make sure that there's some magnesium in it and you, you want to make sure that it's going to be three or more pills a day. And some people just don't like swallowing pills. Just imagine when you were in college and you drank beer. Do that. You can swallow three pills at a time, I promise. You put them in the back of your mouth, can open up your throat and swallow. It's just not that big of a deal. By the way, my kids could do that when they were five. Like it, it's, it's okay. <laughs> do this. So what, what you're going to find though is that if it's just one pill, you cannot fit enough minerals physically in one pill to make a difference. No. Magnesium so bulky alone you can't fit that. Like magnesium, you know what yeah. I mean? Magnesium is usually the driver of the extra pills anyways. <laughs> I take four magnesium capsules alone every night and I take yeah. three trace mineral or three uh, macro mineral capsules. The other thing to look for is it shouldn't have a lot of calcium in it. Calcium is a very cheap mineral, but it's one that you probably don't need unless maybe you've been a raw vegan for a long time. We tend to have an excess of free calcium in our tissues anyway. So that's one to, to look down on. And the other things like sodium, sodium is a macro mineral. You get enough salt, probably. Actually, you probably don't. Eat some sea salt. 
eat more if you want more. It's good for your stress response. Um, a low sodium diet that's too low increases your card, your heart attack and your cardiac risk. Do you know about that study? Um, yeah, well, that's, I mean, I will say, Dave, that I, I can't tell you how many clients actually recommend to introduce more sodium into their diet because they're also, they're not, their hydration status is off sure. because of it. But I was curious yeah. to hear your thoughts on like, have you seen, and it's not, I wish honestly it was a little bit more prevalent, um, but making like a mineral mocktail for the day or something just to get like mm -hmm. where you have add some sodium in, you have some magnesium in there, maybe some potassium. Um, but just, you know, more so anecdotally, because they are not doing studies on mineral mocktails. Um, but people's energy levels just throughout the day sipping on that versus just constantly sipping on like your plain water can have a big effect and just shows you. And that's only having like a few minerals, right? That's not even oh, having yeah. the whole gamut. And I just think it's such a good way to show that even if that little bit goes a long way, imagine if you really open the doors. And I'm so glad you brought up, you know, having A, D, E, and K in there to actually then help get those minerals in and distribute them to where they need to go. It You don't have to have all the minerals in every glass of water, but yeah. you're made out of salt water exactly the same as the ocean. Um, if, if I could be measuring the amount of salt, we match that. So when you drink plain water, you're actually depleting your body of salt, which is why you want to put salt on your food. And the government, based on some very sketchy data um, that we now know is just wrong, um, decided that salt causes high blood pressure. So they told people to quit eating salt. It turns out not having enough potassium causes high blood pressure. That's different than having too much salt. But when you're stressed, you need more salt. So when people eat the current recommended daily allowance of salt, by the way, no government allows me any food. I choose the food. You don't get to say what I'm allowed to do. That, that's an act of war on humanity, just to be really clear. So allowance is not, a, is not an acceptable word anymore, douchebags. Anyway, sorry, where was I? Um, so the recommended daily amount is what I'm going to change it to. For sodium, is about 2.4 grams. At that level, it increases the level of something called a renin, an enzyme that increases your heart attack risk dramatically. So if you actually did what the government said to maybe lower blood pressure, you would be increasing your heart attack risk. So it turns out if you want to live longer and feel better all day long, a little pinch of sea salt with all of its trace minerals and the sodium in water makes a difference. Next step up, you just said, put some potassium in there, put some magnesium in there. And there are now, <laughs> there are now a variety of companies making electrolyte powders that do that. Or even yeah. good old-fashioned mineral water. I mean. Totally. I know. I, I, I usually, especially pregnant, actually, Dave, I always, I try to once a day. And then, you know, hopefully if I can again, breastfeed, do some type of electrolyte mineral replacement after just to keep, wow. honestly, mainly for the hydration status, especially breastfeeding. Um, but just energy-wise, like I notice a huge difference if I... Yeah don't supply it. and i'm also taking like you know obviously i'm very concerned with my health and you know my prenatal is eight pills a day and like you, i'm still paying attention to things but i will say like those little energy game changers a lot of the time is just you know 
that sodium, potassium, magnesium boost. Or I'm glad you brought up even just talking about stress, like the stress magnesium cycle. As we're more stressed, our body excretes more magnesium. So like to me, everybody's deficient in magnesium because whether, you know, we always talk about stress as like if you feel stressed, but no, we're talking about environmental stress that like you don't, you may not realize you have. Like there's so many other forms of stress. It's not just like, oh, well, I don't feel stressed. So, which that's also very few people have ever told me that. Um, but there's so many other factors at play and that's why all these nutrients are so supportive, you know? It, I love the way you're thinking about this. Yeah. When you get your energy back just from adequate hydration, the, the thing I had to do back when I really had chronic fatigue and I, I was still learning how all this stuff worked, I would actually keep a glass of salt water made with Himalayan salt with all of the trace minerals. I keep it by my bed. So when I woke up in the morning, first thing I would do is drink it and I would feel so much better because when you have salt or other minerals in the water, then that can get into your, um, and get into your, your cells very easily because they match the amount of salinity. But when you have water out here that has no salt and water in your cells that have salt, this water will try to pull the sodium out of the cells and then the cells get to be dehydrated. So you're drinking water that causes you to be dehydrated unless you have salt or other electrolytes in the water. That's actually how it works. And this is why people who drink too much water on marathons die. It's called hyponatremia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's lack of salt in water. So if you want to hydrate, put salt in your water. No, it's so true. I mean, it's one of the things I've noticed just even with clients. It's just such a game changer for myself. Um, it, yeah, I can't stress it enough, even just talking about these minerals and specific vitamins and those fat-soluble vitamins to make sure you're getting. I know, Dave, we are running out of time and I would love to dive in. Obviously, like the neurological piece that you touch on in the book, which is so great because like then we're talking about sleep, right? And we're talking about um, reducing stress through red light therapy and breathing techniques and then also the spiritual aspect, which I'm not, I don't want to say like I was surprised put in there, but I was so happy, like pleasantly surprised. I was so happy (laughs) that that was part of it. And it's always been a part of biohacking, Kate. Yeah, but it's like, it's just so, I love just like bringing, you know, which obviously like with our podcast, we're really trying to like not only just help people on their health journey, but like their happiness journey and bringing Uh, peace. Like you could have, you could be doing every nutrition hack, every exercise hack. You could, Love how you look, you you feel, but if you're not at peace with certain things in your life, or you don't, you haven't developed like true connections with people that bring about happiness. Like it's kind of one of those things again where it's just like nothing's worth it at that point, you know, or it doesn't, it doesn't all come together. It it doesn't come together. It's entirely possible to become um, really energetically healthy and still be miserable. And a huge amount of anxiety comes from your body not working right. And it just sends you a feeling that something's wrong. And then you look and it's obviously your spouse's fault or someone who cut you off in traffic, whatever it is, right? You don't know why you just have a feeling and there must be a reason for it. Uh, And then we make up a reason for it. But when you deal with the anxiety and stress that's in your body, and your body's working reasonably well, and you still have anxiety and stress, that's when you get into the story in your head. And there's a psychological and emotional aspect to it. And when you do some of that work, you're like, oh my God, there's a spiritual reality behind it. The the reason that I called the movement of biohacking, biohacking was that you 
it's very difficult to go to someone who's still working on the body and the mind stuff and say, oh, no, you got to do the spiritual stuff. The spiritual stuff becomes apparent once you've done enough of the work on the the hardware of the body. Like, oh man, the world's a little more complex than I thought. And it turns out you know, some of these emotions or these feelings might actually have data in them. And you have to go through this process that all humans go through as we evolve. But I'm the guy who says, hurry, meditate faster because I'm so lazy. I'm just lazier than you, Kate. And what that means is, if I have an hour, I could meditate or I could meditate and chant, which works better. Or I could meditate and do breath work, which works even better. Or I could meditate and chant and use special glasses that flash lights, the brain tap system and all that. Or I could hook electrodes up to my brain and I could do 40 years of meditation in five days, which is what 40 years of Zen is. Yes. So I want spiritual progress. I want to do that kind of work. I want to be one with everything and I want to do it in one minute because I'm freaking lazy. And it's okay. And I think everyone listening to this, they go, I want that too. That's because you're human, not because laziness is a bad thing. No, and that's most people, I feel like one of the biggest hurdles, and we've talked a lot about it a lot on the show, to starting a meditation practice is, again, finding in, you know, we say finding. Also, I like to say creating the time, right? Yeah. Because you are in control of your time, everyone listening. Like, I know it may not feel that way, but finding or creating the time to meditate is usually the biggest hurdle. So it's like, if you can do it in less, or like you said, I love the pairing aspect. Like I'm huge on pairing. Like I've now found my sanctuary when I go to the gym and I'm in, you know, cause I can only really go in the sauna for five minutes right now being pregnant. I do mm -hmm. a five minute meditation and pair right. it together. And it's like the best thing ever. Um, but yeah, that's, I think you're hitting the nail on the head because most people that's what's stopping them from meditating is like, Oh, I got to find, more time to do this. Well, like my schedule's already here. And, you know, if I can do it in one minute versus five or 10, why not? Mm -hmm. Why not? Right. And it, it's, it's kind of funny. People don't know about the baking powder wars. Have you heard of these? No. Well, one of the first major inventions that set women free was baking powder. Because if you were a woman in 1900, maybe 1880, you would have to wake up at four in the morning to knead the bread so that it would have time to rise so that the family could have bread. And you fermented it overnight to help reduce phytic acid, which we talked about earlier. So someone came along and said, what if you just added some powder? And women around the world were like, oh my God, you just got me two hours more sleep. Like this is transformative. Are you kidding me? And of course the companies are like, well, my baking powder is better than yours. So there were two companies, Clabber Girl and someone else, these are some of the foundational companies that created the modern packaged foods movement. They were just enabling laziness, which is good. They were saving people yeah. time. But we don't know all this. This has been our progress Wait, forever. That's such a great. I can't believe I'd never heard of that. That's so great, though. I mean, it's anything cool. that like saves women some time, too, I'm all about. Um, yeah. Oh, Dave, I mean, this has been so good. Obviously, we could keep going on and on and on. Um, but I know we do have to wrap up. But I wanted to get. Is there anything we didn't touch on that you think, and specifically I would say from the book, that we didn't touch on in terms of a hack that you think can be really, I know most are life-changing for people, but like one of your standouts, well, or do you feel on, like they're all kind the, of a standout? On the spiritual side in that chapter, I talk about something called the reset process. And this is at the core of what I do at, at 40 Years of Zen. And what that is is saying, look, if you wanted to reach 
more advanced spiritual states, some of which are really high performing states. Others are just kind of, you know, the, the, the reasons you do meditation for long periods of time, like, it's hard to put words to it, but there's like things that you can do and the amount of calmness and peace that you have. The fastest thing that I've ever found, and uh, this is done with neuroscience, um, is the reset process, which is actually a form of forgiveness. And I teach you how to do it in the chapter. And you're like, forgiveness, what? I'm a computer science guy. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But it, when I understood what I was really doing, it, what you're doing is your body, the meat operating system from, from the book, it just responds to things in the environment that it thinks might be scary. And then you get triggered and you get pissed off, right? And there's a reason for that. And what the reset process is, is a way to go in into a, an altered state and then turn off the notification that's coming from your meat operating system. Kind of like you do on your phone, like stop bothering mm -hmm. me with all these pop-up things. And so from, once you do this authentic form of forgiveness, forgiveness is not telling, uh, it's not telling someone you forgive them. It's not saying whatever they did was okay. It's literally going into your body and saying, stop notifying me. When you do that, like, oh my God, I have so much more energy because I'm not getting triggered all the time. But I teach the process as best I can in the final two chapters of the book. Uh, and that's what I run with clients when we have electrodes on their head so that I can even help to guide them further. But that's the thing that gives you the most energy back. It's just stop carrying a grudge. <laughs> because yeah. it's a waste let of it energy. Go. Let it go, right? Yeah, let it go. exactly. Oh, I love that, go. Dave. Cool. Um, okay, so we love, Dave, to end every episode with a little rapid-fire Q&A for our listeners to get to know you better. So first thing that comes to mind, okay. what is your personal favorite de-stressing practice or tool? Drinking coffee. That's your, okay. Well, this leads into our next one, which <laughs> I think I knew. I think I knew the answer, but coffee or tea. What was that second word you used? I thought you weren't allowed to swear. <laughs> Well, Dave, are you like, how do you, I'm assuming like, are you doing your danger coffee? Like, tell me your coffee routine. Sure. Right. I, uh, I I do danger coffee and sometimes I'll blend it with MCT oil and butter. I'm super famous for the original recipe. Yeah. For that. You know, I, I am the founder and, you know, the former CEO of Bulletproof and I'm I'm still a major shareholder. So, you know, that the Bulletproof coffee, but today I'm using my mineral enriched danger coffee instead of um, the other beans, but I still use you know, Bulletproof MCT oil and stuff like that. And I, uh, I'll do that. Uh, and then I'll have two or three cups of coffee in the morning. Studies show basically between three and five cups of coffee a day gives you the most associations with longevity and reductions of all kinds of problems. You can Google, like there's hundreds of studies supporting coffee as a superfood. So I do that. And by the way, I also like matcha tea. And if you don't like coffee yeah. or it doesn't work for you, do some matcha. That's fine. And if that doesn't work, you can do an herbal tea that's dark colored. The darker the color, the more benefits you'll get. Love that. Okay, this is my, this is our final question and my personal favorite one. What's your favorite home-cooked meal? Grass-fed ribeye, grass-fed, mm -hmm. grass-finished ribeye, um, cooked slightly before medium rare um, with... Uh, rosemary and cumin uh, along with um, roasted and then creamed cauliflower well that does sound good i've never you know what that's funny i don't know if i've if i've put cumin on my on my steak before but powdered cumin on steak one. with smoked salt yeah. is stupidly good Ooh, it with make some sense. smoked salt yeah then you're like Sounds you just delicious. it makes me happy to do that yeah this is why it's my favorite question too because i'm always like 
oh, can you send me um, your <laughs> people will tell me their I'm, I'm having meals. that for lunch today. As soon as you get out of this, I'm throwing it on the grill. <laughs> exactly. That's what usually happens, too. And I always plan these kind of around when I like should have eaten two hours ago. And I'm like, okay, I should probably eat now. Um, well, well, Kate, you should yeah. eat like every two hours because oh, you're in that I last know. month. <laughs> eat, all, like, eat whatever you want. <laughs> but it's so funny. It's so funny, Dave, because it's like counterintuitive because you're you're so there's no space. So yes. like you're starving your first trimester. Mm-hmm. And then come your last when you should be eating all the time. You're like, I don't like, and it's not me. Like, I love to eat. But I'm like, there's just no space. I'm not yeah. even hungry. Like, there's there's just like, or you eat and then you're like full in two seconds and you're like, well, now I can't even really enjoy that meal that I just spent, you know, 30 minutes preparing or whatever it was. But it's all good. It's all good. It all good. I got to let it go. Do you know about <laughs> the Better Baby book, my fertility book? No, I don't. That was my first book. Uh, the my, Better Baby. That, my yeah, former no, wife. I've never heard of it. Yeah, she was infertile when I met her. And this is the program we used to, re- to restore her fertility uh, and without drugs or anything, just with food. And so it's still well, Dave, maybe you'll have to come back on and we'll have to just talk about fertility. I will say our listeners love anything really? on fertility. You, mm-hmm. you could actually have Lana on. Uh, she's you now my former yeah. wife. She's a medical doctor and she, her specialty is one-on-one consulting, usually with um, kind of powerful people around the globe on pregnancy. She's, well, you know, I would uh, love that. We'll, we'll have yeah. to talk after and connect on yeah. it, which yeah. that's the next thing, Dave. I mean, I know. If someone doesn't know where to find you, it's like, I mean, are you on social media? But where can people find you, connect with you, even learn more like about Danger Coffee? And then okay. where can they get, I'm assuming they can get your book most places. Yeah, and you really um, like but, to buy books yeah. is easy. Okay, go to DaveAsprey.com and there'll be info about Smarter Not Harder right there. You can buy it anywhere you like to buy books. Bonus points if you support a local bookstore while well, we still have them. Uh, you can go to DangerCoffee.com to get coffee that tastes really, truly amazing. It's super high-grade, mold-free coffee with a lot of trace minerals in it. So when you drink it, you get your daily dose. And then uh, you can find me anywhere you like. Like The Human Upgrade is 300 million download podcasts. It's a big one. should be anywhere you like to listen to podcasts. And you know, Dave Asprey on every social platform and stuff like that. And finally, own and upgrade labs if you want a biohacking facility that you own in your backyard. Well, at least in your neighborhood. Yeah, that, I mean, that's so true. I did not know you were franchising, but it's, I think it's smart. Because <laughs> oh, then I'm we excited. can get them in, well, then we can get them in more places, right? It's not like you don't only Hundreds. just have to be in California, right? It's like no. the amount of times I feel like we promote stuff on our show and it's like, well, you have to go to LA or you have to be in Newport I, Beach. <laughs> this morning, I was on the phone with our franchisees from Charlotte and from Austin. We're opening up all over the place. So this is this is meant for all of us to get like five hours a week back. Yeah. But it's it's gonna be good. Thank you. It's Kate. great, Dave. Well, thank you so much. This has been so fascinating, not only for myself, but I know our listeners. And hopefully we'll connect again soon. I'd love to. This week's actionable step is to reflect on your energy levels and take a step towards increasing your mineral status to have your body work more optimally leaving you feeling better overall day to day. Thank you for listening to Naturally Well by Nordic Naturals. For something to do in between episodes, follow me on Instagram at livewellwithkate, where I typically live on my stories, providing a variety of daily health and wellness tips. Naturally Well is hosted by myself, Kate Turner, and produced by Andrew Steven. If you have any questions, please send us an email at podcast at and we hope to answer your question on air. 
If you like this show, please tell a friend, share an episode, and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.